You are listening to Let's Talk Trail on podcast. Keep up with the latest episodes by downloading the Podbean app or stream episodes via our social media accounts. Search for Let's Talk Trail on Facebook or Instagram. This episode is sponsored by Student Access. Student Access, the leader in Trio software. Student Access is an online database solution that allows Trio programs to track their students' information, connect with students by text messages, streamline the APR, and work from anywhere, all online, with automatic updates for changes from the Department of Education. Their technical support team includes former Trio staff and has over 50 years of combined experience working with Trio. Make it easier to focus on your priority, the students. For more information and to request a free demo, visit their website at www.studentaccess.com or call them toll-free at 1-800-801-1232. That website again is www.studentaccess.com or 1-800-801-1232. Be sure to share your favorite episodes on your social media by tapping that share button. This is a great way to support the podcast. Now here's your host, Juan Rivas. Thank you, Emilia, for that wonderful introduction. Hello, listener, and welcome to a new season of Let's Talk Trio. This is season six, episode one. I am your host, Juan Rivas. In today's episode, we have a friend of the podcast and three-time guest, Amaris Lopez, makes another appearance on the Let's Talk Trio podcast to give us a life update, working in Japan, and professional experience. So coming up in just a bit, Amaris Lopez. A huge thanks to our sponsors, Angelica Villalpando, Rosario Riley, Dr. Ryan Barone, Dr. Jamie Motley, Dr. Jeff Naputi, Angelica Valdez, Felicia Rivera, TrioJobList.com, Nosotros Education Center, Cambridge Educational Services, and Student Access. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast. You too can be a sponsor of the podcast. Head on over to Patreon and search for Let's Talk Trio. Choose one of four patron levels. You can support this podcast for as little as a dollar a month. A dollar a month goes a long way in supporting this podcast. If you own a business and would like to run an ad on our podcast, send us a message at letstalktrio at gmail.com. You can also become a supporter with a one-time donation to the podcast PayPal account. Our handle is at letstalktrio. Any amount is truly appreciated. If you would like to nominate a participant, staff, or alumni to be on the podcast, send us an email at letstalktrio at gmail.com. That email again is L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K-T-R-I-O at gmail.com. Again, a great episode featuring Amaris Lopez, our three-time guest, here for some life updates. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hi, Trio Nation. My guest on the podcast is no stranger to the Let's Talk Trio podcast. I want to welcome back Amaris Lopez, who has been a previous guest of ours, is currently living in Japan, and she has a lot to tell us. Amaris, welcome back to the podcast. Long time no see, Juan. It's been a while. How have you been? I've been really great. Just woke up. It's currently 10.43 a.m. on a Saturday here. It's probably Friday over there, right? It is Friday evening here. It's about 7.44 and, you know, it's, it's, it's going over here, but, uh, I'm so glad you, we, so we were, let's, let's be transparent with the audience. We were talking before the podcast and Amadeus and I were just kind of catching up talking and we said, Hey, you know what? Let's just record a podcast right now. So here we are. This is amazing. So thank you for agreeing to do that. No, no. Thank you for always, you know, for always, uh, reaching out to me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Great podcaster, great podcaster through your nation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate all the support that you've given Amaris. I think uh, all this, all the things that you're doing in Japan are amazing. By the way, not that I stalk you or anything, but I do follow you. I do follow your stories. I follow everything that you're doing. You're doing great things out there. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. I also follow you and your hikes. You know, you're every Oof. time you build a hike. <laughs> those are fun. I will say those are fun. But you, you've been uh, in Japan for over a year now, right? Yes, it's been a year and two months. Exactly. Wow. How is that going? Oh, no. It, I mean, it's it's very... Um, I would say it has been like a roller coaster because you know you have I'm here by myself uh, with a new culture, a new language. Yeah. But I can just say that Japan is such a magical country where you're never gonna feel necessarily judged or like like even as a foreigner, Japanese people are really kind, very mm -hmm. very kind, and they hold really big values towards helping people. Even if you're a stranger or a foreigner, they will help you. Um, so my experience has been incredible. I mean, I, I've had, you know, it's been difficult. We, we work life, the big ups and downs. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I am really grateful. Like I would say grateful. That's awesome. That's amazing. Now for a lot of the audience that may not know, or maybe this is the first time they're listening to you. Amaris has been on the podcast before one time, right before she graduated, uh, from CSU Monterrey Bay. And then the second time. Uh, you were on as you were about to leave for Japan. Uh, I, was, I was the baby. Yeah. Baby. Yeah. Like last year. That's crazy to no, think. Like, the first time that you recorded me, yeah. it was during the pandemic. And I that's was right. about to study abroad in Japan. That's right. I was going to be a student. And I did all the paperwork, but then COVID came in and they're like, no, that's no, right. no, you're going to have to go back home. <laughs> so I was studying abroad in Tijuana. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And and to to see so for the listeners if you want to go back to the first episode with Amaris that's a few episodes back but episode 1 with Amaris is uh that journey that they're taking and then the episode 2 is that kind of the follow up cuz you you were about to uh, come to J uh, go to Japan uh because you got a, this new position. Can you tell the audience about what you do now? Yeah, correct. So um for anyone that wants to work in Japan in the future, please annotate this name. This is the, one of the best one of the best companies um, to work as an English teacher, teaching uh, English as a second language. The company is in Japan. Um, it's called JET, Japanese Exchange Teaching Program. And basically, what I do, I'm an English teacher teaching. I can teach from um, well, applicants can teach from um, elementary all the way to high school, but I teach only elementary. Wow. Yeah, I have a lot, a lot of babies. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little, a lot of little ones, but you're shaping their minds. You're, you're oh my God. helping them understand the English language, which is also amazing in its own. Yeah, it's it's been incredible. But I do want to agree that so you know you the 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 program is is so nice where they they pay you for your air, airplane ticket back and mm -hmm. forth, and they also help you with your training. So you stay like one of the fanciest hotels in in Tokyo. For three wow. days and you get like this really cool training so it's very cool they give you a lot of resources there's a lot of community in my in my city we're about 80 teachers um mm -hmm. and all of us each one of us has, has like a different school so i don't work with them i i go to my school and i'm the only foreigner but in terms of my school like my kids are in my everything like they i've been oh, working that's amazing here now yeah and they know spanish i taught them spanish you taught them They're spanish like, that's so cool oh. Of course, they know hola, adios, and ajajay. <laughs> <laughs> and bravo, bravo. Also, bravo. Eso, eso, yeah, eso. Cute, yeah. So, Amaris, uh, part of what you do uh, in Japan is you teach uh, children English, and you've been teaching them a little bit of Spanish. But uh, surely you get some funding from the United States to to be there, right? No? Or, or is, are you I on a scholarship? Oh, sponsorship? Like yeah, like sponsorships getting, or scholarships. Like, like oh yes, yes, correct. Um, well, we do. We we there's scholarships out there, and since my embassy, the embassy from Jet, from it's connected to like Japan, they have this thing called uh, micro grants. So you apply, you build a proposal of what kind of event you want to do, and you know, being an RA for many years, this is easy pan comido, like we say in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I wrote this this proposal and something that I really want to, you know, improve in my school is like cultures, you know, like put put expose to kill the children to more cultures. That's um, awesome. So in my library, I went and then I saw there wasn't like any space, like any 
American libraries where they, they're dedicated with a lot of color to culturalism. So I just wrote this proposal. I had a meeting with my supervisor. I had a meeting with the principal, with my board of education. I built this, why and that. I did like a budgeting list and I got a thousand dollars. And the library right now looks amazing. Like it that has American amazing. style. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. The, Congratulations. The thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. But you were saying the kids were. The kids were really excited. Like they're, they never seen anything like that. So they, I'm like, you better read. You better read now. <laughs> <laughs> what do you love most uh, about teaching in Japan? The the thing I, I love the most about Japan is the dedication and the dedication that the teachers have for the for their kids, but also how the kids react to things that they don't know. Of, you know, because mm. it's like mm -hmm. here in Japan, it's like only Japan, like because they're all Japanese, right? So right. it's when I show them videos. Um, about like cultural videos or when I show them videos about, uh, you know, other countries are like, wow. Like they saw this video about the kids in America getting mm -hmm. cho chocolate milk and mm. milk. And they don't have that option. They have to drink the normal milk every day. Really? So they oh. were like, oh, they were like, Ina, which in Japanese <laughs> means like, oh my God, yo, yo quiero, I want. Like, yeah. So, <laughs> That's so awesome. I think the reaction and also, seeing how much English they learn. Cause I, I do have to say that my kids know compared to one year ago, they actually know English. Cause I've, I've, I've grown as a person, you know, I've, I've had to educate myself and I was thrown to the battlefield of education and I've never studied education. And now I'm here having to deal with all of these things. And now I can say that I've, I've grown too as an educator. Absolutely. So I, I will tell you, Amaris, from the first time we met to now, how much growth I've already seen in you. Um, but you were already, uh, I'll say this, you are always prepackaged with the desire to learn and to share knowledge with others, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because from the moment I met you, you were like, I'm ready to share my story. I want to share my journey. This is what I'm about. This is what I what I love to do. And then even on uh, last year's podcast, you were like so excited. And and to know that you're still excited now that that passion carries over, it's, it's just wonderful to see. Um, so my question to you is living in Japan, what are what are the challenges? What have been some successes? What do you love most about living in Japan? Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. The challenges. I think the challenges is to accept the, you know, to accept what the negative aspects of the culture. Mm. I guess like, and also being by myself, you know, because mm. like I'm by myself without my my family. And you know, you and I are Mexicans, and we grew up with people all the time. Yeah. So. It's been it's been a struggle. The first months when I was here, um, living by myself was definitely uh, not hard. I have I have really good friends. I have an amazing community, but it's not the same. And I've learned, I've grown as a professional person, but I've also grown pro personally. Um, mm -hmm. So I guess that's like one of the hardest challenges: be by yourself, be be in peace with your own silence, right? Mm -hmm. Your mental health, your ghost. Uh, another challenge is the work accepting the the culture in general. Because at first I was like, "Oh, but like, why don't you do this? Like, they should they shouldn't do this." I came to their country, you know, and that's like how a lot of people like whenever we travel, whenever we go to another country, we live, we we take our culture. We 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 need to be more open minded, and it's a skill. But at first, it I was a little bit. It was hard for me to accept, you know, some things with education laws and all that kind of stuff. But now I've come to realize that I cannot do anything and I just have to ignore it and focus on what I have to do as an educator, right? Um, those are my biggest challenges. And then my most successes uh, here in Japan have been being able to find communities and also like do collaborations or, you know, apply for the library, like make changes in the community. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, I forgot. I, and you know, I'm not trying, um, I also, I am the regional advisor for my prefecture. Oh, nice. Here. Congrats. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I remember I told you, I don't want to be an RA anymore. I'm tired. And then now I'm here. <laughs> hey, sometimes the work follows you and it calls you, right? Yeah, it's just like my friends who are part of the, who are the professional advisor and who are part of the team. It's not like in a university. It's totally different. It's mm -hmm. more easy. And it's not a pain job. It's uh, but there was just a lot of problems with like mental health and that kind of stuff that they were not being touched. 
uh, there needed to be more coordination mm-hmm. and more resources out there put for our our teachers or foreigner teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've I've you know I've I've done my little things where I've helped the community in my own way. So I'm happy to hear that. And it's I think having that's I think building having a good community of people. I've I've been having the best experience. Like honestly, I have so many friends. I have so many unique people that I'm like. Like I met this Japanese person that she is the teacher. She is the director of the dancing flamenco of dancing flamenco studio in Ooh, my wait. city. They she have a flamenco English. studio over there? Yes, they do. Wow. And she doesn't speak English. She speaks Spanish and she's Japanese. What? Okay, kind of mind blown moment for me because like Japanese and talking Spanish fluently. Yeah. Uh, amazing. So is there is there some type of like Latino culture happening in Japan? Amaris, did you bring Latino culture over to Japan? Is that is that what I happened? Did, I did not bring Latino culture in Japan. It was already here. No, but Latino culture is really big. As you know, I da- I do bachata and, and salsa to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my friends, he's famous, and he has a beer in in, um, in our prefecture and in, in two universities. Uh, he wrote a book about his life, about multiculturalism, global education. So he has gone to many schools to give speeches about that and his story traveling around countries he came to my school to do mm-hmm. we cross collaborate so we had all of my students in the sorry um we had all of our students sitting in the gym and then he gave a presentation about multiculturalism and he also danced with Salta, but he's an educator like mm-hmm. that's the thing i'm trying to say like you bring you wow. meet communities together i think yeah no i didn't bring it i i look for it I, I told I told one of my friends, say hey, like she, who has been a teacher here for like two years, hey, I'm really interested in salsa much at the do you know place. She, then she told me about this girl that she knows this uh bar where they give like classes. It's small. Mm-hmm. And then I started to go there every month and now I'm part of the, the group chat. And that's awesome. The flamenco thing, um I saw it in a poster I called and then she then I told her in Japanese I'm Mexican and then she started speaking Spanish to me. And now wow. we're friends. Yeah, that's amazing. So yeah. Latino culture already existing in Japan. Uh, it's like you said, it, it's already been there. Uh, were you surprised to learn that it was already there, or did, like you already kind of knew that it, there were some connections there? Sorry, I caught you. I was, oh no, you're, you're. Um, I wasn't surprised because bachata and salsa are such a international dancing uh, community. Like, mm-hmm. if you if you search salsa and bachata, there's gonna be appear like studios all over the world. They have one in Korea too, in China, Philippines. Mm-hmm. Like it's such a famous dance. Mm-hmm. What I and I also, I'm not also not surprised because I already knew about this because of the song Bachata in Fukuoka from Juan Luis mm-hmm. Guerra. Mm-hmm. You know, Bachata Fukuoka is a city in the dance song of Japan. Bachata oh. Fukuoka. And Juan Luis Guerra, a bachatero dominicano, he sang that song um, because he went oh, to wow. Fukuoka. So oh, it's okay. just, and also Latino culture is really famous right now. So that's also why I'm like. You know, yeah. I just, I just never imagined to find it in my city because I live in a really small city. Like, mm. it's it's not big, but I found people. Tell us about your city. Well, where do you live? And yeah, what's the what's the community like there? Yeah, of course. Um, if if we compare it to California, I would say I live in the south part of California, so called. Oh, okay, so, that's a good comparison. Yeah. Um, I live in a in one of the least least famous islands of Japan, which is called Shikoku. Um, I live in the prefecture of Ehime, which is the prefecture of Mandarins. Our logo, this is Mr. Mikan. He's the orange dog. Uh, okay, we need to take a photo and like post it on the podcast. Of Mikan? Okay, okay, Mikan, sure, Of course, sure. of course. Yeah, uh, he's an orange, so we saw a lot of oranges. Um, one thing I do have to say that Shikoku is mainly known for Buddhism because we have 88 temples where people do like this kind of journey to visit every temple oh, and then wow. they get a seal. It's like something, not Buddhism. Uh, I, I think it's Buddhism, but it's like a journey. It's called the 88 trail something. So our, our island is known for that. I know a lot of foreigners come here for that, but also we have, we live like in the rural area but it's mm-hmm. so unique, like how my my the island is, because literally you have like the sea, and then you have the mountains next to it, and you can get wow. to the mountains in like one hour. You know, wow. it's like kind of like Sim City. I would describe it that way. Like everything's so <laughs> close together. Um, okay. But 
a big thing about my my the community here is really it's the so japan the south area of japan is usually like more less more chill i would call it that's why i call it so call like mm. it's more chill more it's a little bit more relaxed more, sensitive, more relaxed and more open-minded whereas wow. in tokyo and more like going up north they're more like new york style i would describe that so like very brash and like very forward and they're like get out of my way yeah. <laughs> kind of not everyone but i've gotten that experience right. i can say because I've, I've traveled a lot in japan but yeah yeah and my city is also i don't know if you've seen the movie chihiro the the chihiro Hayao Miyazaki, you know the famous movies of japan like the ghibli ghibli studio movies oh, okay yeah 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 yeah. yes yeah. do you know there's like a like a onsen like a, like a red house where mm -hmm. it's a little girl. So that onsen, that bad house, it was inspired by one of the oldest onsen, which is in my city, and it's called Dogo Onsen. It's red. What? That's awesome. The director, the director came here and he literally like saw it, and he that's where that's what influenced influenced him to create the, the onsen from his movie. Fun that's awesome. That is so amazing. Hey there, we'll be right back after a message from our sponsor. Are you seeking guidance to enhance your TRIO project's effectiveness and success? Look no further. Nosotros Education Center, NEC, is here to empower your TRIO project with expert consulting services. NEC's mission is to promote the effectiveness and impact of TRIO programs. Since 2003, NEC has specialized in providing professional development and in-service staff trainings, allowable cost services, for TRIO projects across the country. The team at NEC, with over 60 years of combined TRIO experience, offers customized workshops and seminars for project staff, compliance assessments, external evaluations, working on and submitting APRs, database customization and training, developments of policies and procedures manuals, and project implementation or reorganization services. Additionally, NEC has secured over $774 million in federal funding with a 92% success rate through their live and on-demand proposal workshops, assistance with data collection and review, detailed technical reviews, and comprehensive proposal development services. Join the hundreds of colleges, agencies, and TRIO projects across the country who benefited from NEC's expertise. Nosotros Education Center, your partner in TRIO's project success. Visit their website at nosotros.edu.org. Again, that's nosotros.edu.org. And now, back to the podcast. So, we, we talked a little bit about uh, Latino culture in, J in Japan. Uh, you've talked a little bit and shared a little bit about living in Japan, which we'll get more from you here in just a bit. But uh, I I'm curious. So there must be a, a large Latino community then in Japan, or am I completely wrong? No, there is a big community. There, There's actually groups that where you can join. Um, and, you know, Japanese people are really interested in learning more about other cultures. They, they Japanese people are getting, like, they're wanting to learn about cultures. And I met a lot of Latinos. I think we're 11 Latinos right now in my city where we have a group chat, which is a lot because we're not, we're, I'll tell you, like we're not a big city. So it's very mm -hmm. impressive. So imagine a big city like Tokyo, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. Talk to us a little bit more about living in Japan. Uh, like I said, I've scrolled and looked at your Instagram. Uh, you're learning drums. You look like you're dancing, surfing, doing a lot of amazing things out there, Marie. So uh, talk, start wherever you want to start. But yeah, talk to us a little bit about, about the social life that you're living out there. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I recently, like you mentioned, I joined uh, Taiko, which is Japanese traditional drums. I've always been interested in learning Taiko because it's such a oh, it's such a unique type of music. Like in Japan, I it's very hardcore, but also you have to be very like. You have to uh, be able to meditate your emotions really well and like every movement counts. But I joined after I saw um, Matsuri, which is a Japanese festival. And I told my supervisor I wanted to join. And then, yeah, I've been there two months and now I'm gonna go out with them in like two weeks. We're gonna eat together with That's all the amazing. community. 
yeah yeah but my social life in japan is is incredible like you know i i'm busy every weekend <laughs> so, <laughs> of course of course you know and this is part of what i've told you like coming here also notice that i my social battery has decreased because i work for one of the biggest elementary schools in my prefecture oh. thousand <laughs> babies so imagine oh like, my gosh my social battery is just oh it's all like i need to rest um you're a warrior like gonna, yeah but yeah no, my social battery, battery like you know my social life is like normal same in america i go out with my friends we do karaoke we sometimes ring we sometimes do home study together yeah i mainly hang out with my teachers though i'm not gonna lie i hang out a lot with my teachers <laughs> like my japanese teachers okay yeah so i i enjoy that a lot a lot of spending time with um with, with the locals that's awesome what's one thing about japanese culture that you learned that uh is still with you to like right now like you you see it and you're like you know what i honor that i see it and i got to implement it on my daily life i think always helping the community hmm. i love how dedicated they are to their students but also like to every relationship they have because you know when you when i cook for japanese people here in my apartment for my teachers a lot of them would bring me something like food or like because that's so that's called omotenashi which is japanese etiquette mm -hmm. um they're very grateful and that's the thing like i tell them you don't get you don't need to bring me anything but they brought me stuff oh yeah and yeah. not only with that but it, that's also the way they see life like they don't expect anything in return and they work so hard in everything they do like cleaning cooking that's why japanese would look so good because they were they actually work hard to make it look pretty mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. the pencils like super cheap stuff here it's good quality because they actually like work hard they're like okay i'm making this i need to like i need to be dedicated to everything i do so wow i think that yeah and you, I, I feel i get the sense that you've implemented that in your life that you're like i have to level up what i do and you were talking earlier about like uh being a teacher and that you have to give it a little bit extra yeah it i i do have to give a, give a little bit more to my to my communities in the sense that like you know i i i do agree that sometimes it's good to be selfish like it's good to think about yourself but also the world will be such in a better place if everyone did this much a little bit a little bit more for people mm -hmm. without expecting anything we'll be mm -hmm. so, so much in a better place like you know absolutely donating money doing community service uh i don't know staying an extra hour because the kid that needs to talk to you about his problems going at home like i don't know so yeah I like that you alluded to Howard Zinn's quote, and you have it on your, if you don't mind me telling people about your website, yeah, do you mind? Sure, sure, sure. No, uh, you, so you have your website. It's a beautiful website, and we could share that link on the podcast uh, below. So people, if you want to look at uh, Amarisa's website, uh, we'll provide the link on the podcast description. But the quote that you, you're referring to, and I love that you really segued into this, is small acts when multiplied by millions of people can transform the world by Howard Zinn. That was ah, oh, I I think you summarized that so beautifully, right? Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you know, Rome was not built in a day. You know, it, everyone went like, yeah. No, I think that's my biggest lesson from here, being a teacher in Japan. Like I, and not not that I don't have a lot of opportunities, but I've been I've been blessed with things, and I don't know if it's God, I don't know if it's Mother Nature. I don't do things to get something in return. I do it because I feel like it's the right thing. That's awesome. But I always, in some sort of way, I always end up in these situations where I'm like, okay, I was thinking about, like you and I, you know, I was thinking about doing a podcast and I told you about it. Yeah. And now yeah, yeah. We're here, right? Yeah, so we're, we're here. Just, <laughs> just, I believe that you should live life not to expect anything, but you should also, um, you know, like, of course, work on yourself, self love, but also try try to give something to people without expecting anything i love that that's wonderful so you've been in japan for a year and two months uh do you get to go home uh often or at all back to california or to mexico i could i, I could but i don't have the money um <laughs> uh, <laughs> i didn't i we have teachers that go that go home like after four months of being here 
but I have not seen my family for a whole year because I wow. did want to take this challenge. But I'm mm -hmm. going back home for uh, Christmas for a whole month. Oh, that's good. So I get to spend some time time with family during that Christmas time. Mm -hmm. Correct. So I I can spend with I can go back every you know like summer or Christmas, but it's really expensive. Mm, yeah. um, I mean, Japan is not in the corner. It's not in the corner. Uh, of it's not an easy axis. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, but other than that, um, I'm very excited to see them. And I guess like part of the reason why I don't miss them that much is because I actually keep in contact with my family mm -hmm. a lot. And also I have a good community here, right? So mm -hmm. it's not like, you know. It's too level. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, all right, Amaris, what is it some what is what are things that you love to do once once the weekend hits and you're like, you know what, it's my time now. I get to do things on uh, that's me. W what is it? What do you like to do? You see me, this is get tequila. I'm gonna have to edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I'm drinking water. Um, well, is it though? Okay, so I, I do a little bit of everything. Like, mm. some I don't do the same thing every weekend because first I don't have the money, and also like I've been here a year, so you can already imagine how my my year has been. You know, the first months here, partying with my girls, um, traveling. I've traveled a lot in Japan so far, and I've done a lot of karaoke. But um, over the weekends, I've been doing more. Nowadays, I clean my apartment. I go to the beach or I study. Mm. I study and I work on my professional side or for my kids. Wait, wait, wait. You're, you're studying? So you're still still going to school? I just graduated with the TOEFL certification. It's really easy wow. to get. Wow. And now I'm going to take another certification that I got accepted for. That's amazing. For, yeah. But... I am, I am working on my grad school applications. That's what mm -hmm. I mean by studying. And also, I'm studying Japanese on the side a little bit. Wow. See, you're just doing amazing things, and you keep your life so, so busy. So part of it is still extending studying, uh, having fun. But it sounds like also being able to slow down and just soak up uh, the moment that you're there, to to live in the moment. Yeah, I I just – so so here's my thing. I have I have a couple of months, like eight months, but I am – I'm going to see her another year and then I'm ready to move on. Like, I don't want to get a job. I want to get my master's. And we'll mm -hmm. touch later on that. Cause I, 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 you know, last time we talked, I told you that I want to work for the UN, but new goals came up. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Amaris, uh, you're doing a wonderful and tremendous things uh, in Japan and also just doing a lot of wonderful things and also carrying your culture, uh, which is amazing. Um, yeah. Some, kind of some advice that you would give to a student who wants to follow this path to be able to explore the world and do the things that you're doing? Yeah, of course. Um, I think education and I think being an English teacher is the best way to go with it if you want to go to another country. Depending on where the person wants to go, um, I would really have multiple... I educate myself with the resources. First, I will reach out to my school, right? Um, like see what resources a study abroad program has or or trio right but the jet program was also kind of already there because I, I i graduated from the japanese department mm -hmm. but i also applied to another one without my university like helping me because i knew that if i didn't get accepted to the jet program that was going to be my plan b so i got mm -hmm. accepted to be a teacher in korea um at the time mm -hmm. but I guess like just having various options, creating like a spreadsheet, working ahead of time is the best, the best way to do it. You know, write down your recommendations, write down your essay, build, clean your resume, um, talk to people who have been in the program, watch videos, educate yourself. Like mm -hmm. what does that program um, encounter you? But also educate yourself with the, what the whole country has, you know, like what, is it a safe place? Am I going to feel comfortable? Do I know the language? Um, I mean, I don't, you know, not only that, but there's other, you You don't have to be an English teacher, but I'm just saying like, that's the easiest and safest way to do it. Absolutely. Awesome. Are there any things that you would like to uh, touch on that we didn't, I didn't get to ask you or you would like to share with the audience? Yeah, of course. Um, remember last time when you asked me about about um oh the the second podcast we talk about me not being 
not me one not wanting to work for the UN anymore and you were kind of oh that's like, right because that was when we first met like that was one goal and then you're like yeah I'm not gonna do work for the UN yeah like yeah 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 follow up what, what's up yeah yeah because yeah. I was working for San Diego State as a university I, yep, right yep 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 so after working here in Japan as an English teacher and like I also mentioned I'm the regional advisor for the for for my for my for the teachers i was gonna say my kids for the, for the teachers <laughs> they, they might as well be your kids well i mean <laughs> you're advising them that they eventually kind of be they so i've been trying i i work for fulbright i don't know if you ever heard about fulbright i've heard of fulbright yeah I worked for them for a little bit through San Diego State. I met full writers and I was assisting. I was not doing anything oh, right. crazy, just assisting. Right. Incredible people, smart people. I'm just going to say Fulbright. It's like top leagues, like a whole different world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm my boss and my old directors, the associate dean for San Diego State and that kind of stuff, like, have recommended me to apply after I've been in Japan for a little bit. Um, that's what I'm telling you. I have like this big spreadsheet with my options of my life and what do I need? And that's why I work on essays because, you know, I think I am not only Fulbright, uh, but I want to either go to Ireland and then I found this uh, scholarship program, which, which you get your master's in Beijing, China. Mm. It's called the Sorcerer's Scholarship and you get your master's in global affairs. Wow! And like everything's funded. Yeah. Only two two point three percent of the people get it. Um, five thousand or six people, six thousand people apply every year. But only like it's really two point. Yeah. Two point three percent. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So I you know, and this is not like like I cannot do it, but I've been a little bit hesitant because like all the people that get there are like from very prestigious universities like Princeton, Harvard, but I've also encountered people from community colleges. So mm-hmm. I'm I am applying and literally this is like the best program that fits me. It's about leadership, empathy, cultural competence. Um, like it's just everything that I'm passionate about. And are you telling me that I can get that for free in China? Of course I'm gonna That's apply. awesome. Yeah, it's just, amazing. Oh, the essay is so hard because it's like literature essay. What is tell us about your experience being a leader? And since oh. there's a lot of a lot of pressure that I feel from, you know, the end. So I my essay I've been rewriting it over and over again because I cannot find my true colors because it's like literally showing your true colors so I'm trying to find the Certainly. best way to do it. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's my next step: getting my master's in another country and then just go with the flow, you know. Yeah, Amaris, you're doing a wonderful work, and to see you continue pursuing your goals and your aspirations. Uh, from here at this angle, it looks it just incredible journey that you're having, and I'm so glad you're sharing this sto- your story with us. Yeah, of course. Thank you. No, thank you, Juan. Every time, you know, like I'm happy to do it. It's 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 a it's an honor to be in your podcast for a third time. Um, Love having you. On. you know, thank you. No, same. I like talking to you. It's bueno. We always have a good time. Next time, hopefully, hopefully next time, I'm in Japan. You and I can meet up. I have the microphone, and we'd be live. And this time, drinking some tequila. <laughs> oh my gosh for sure no yeah anytime you want to come let me know i i got you absolutely yeah no. absolutely. i know because you do like japanese anime you told me i remember you say you like anime when you were yeah i do over. yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Chala, chala. <laughs> oh my god one piece live action you know he's mexican right oh yeah yeah i saw that Yaki Godoy. amazing i, I love that sorry i'm just i know no no, no wait, i'm gonna tell you right now uh it's the only the live action one got me too like the anime now too so i'm giving right? you same 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 i'm sorry but the thing is it's so slow one yeah. is so slow it it it's a it it, it simmers right it, it takes its time like naruto <laughs> but yeah no and you know talking about latino do we have do we still have more time or no yeah we have all the time you want okay, okay. um Dale. talking about latino representation can I just say there's not a lot of Latinos in 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 my here in in my jet program? Okay, so uh, in jet you're saying not a lot of Latinos that go over to teach English and to share culture. Yeah, I well, I I guess there's a decent amount, but I 
I mean, this, this year in my area, we had four new Latinos, which I'm so happy. Wow. The last year when I first came, it was only two. Oh, okay. But before I came, it wow. was only one. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's good that the numbers are, are increasing, but it just seems like it's still a, it sounds like it's a predominantly white type of like the jet, the jet program that the, the English teachers are predominantly white. Is, is that right? Yeah, uh, not okay. not 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 white. The 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 what what do they call it here? The uh, um the idealistic of 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 what a foreigner looks in Japanese society. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, wow. I don't know if you should take this off. I think you should take it off because we'll leave it off the podcast no worries i think uh i think that's for and, and and we'll get off the topic after i say this but uh a lot of perceptions from other countries is they see americans as this one stereotype of 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 a, of a person right yeah you go over yeah. and you tell them i'm american they're like oh my god you must be obnoxious or whatever but uh yeah sorry i'll get off of it now no no you're fine you're fine it's just like well cut this part just say <laughs> yeah, yeah like, I'll cut it. no the racism has i've gone through racism here you know but mm. since i work mm. with my company i talk in spanish in my tiktoks so nobody knows what i'm saying okay know? so like yeah. i have a TikTok, i have a tiktok page where i talk about my experiences here in japan yeah being marginalized because I've, I've gotten that you know um yeah but i have to be careful now that i'm the regional advisor because if i say a comment like if i say white people oh my god yeah yeah oh yeah, but no, it's it's still there, and oh no, you're fine. You're it's still here, and it's like that's why I do also the things that I do because I'm not racist. I'm not. I don't want to make white people feel down because I have some really w cool white friends. But the reality, my friend, like minorities have gone through so much for hundreds of years. I and absolutely it's like, agree. I cannot, I cannot ignore. I can respect, but it's just like. Also, mm -hmm. growing up as a Latina and getting, you know, people telling me that to go back to my country when I was 13 years old or calling me mm -hmm. names. It's like, you know, Absolutely. yeah, that's why that's why I'm like, oh, I'm 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 so tired of white people at this point. Not, not <laughs> tired, you. but some white people. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I, I totally sympathize and hear you on that end for sure. Yeah, but so, other than that, uh, yeah, just 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 cut this. Part. We'll cut this. We'll cut this entire segment. Amaris, for you, what is coming next? What's 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 next for you? I know you're applying for your master's. You're you're working on that. Um, but yeah, what's next for you? Oh, you you always ask this question. I, have to think <laughs> I always do. You have to be ready. <laughs> I look. I I after working in San Diego State University for a couple. Of months, I wanted to be a a, a a dean, an associate dean. Like I remember you saying that, yeah. Um, and I really, I'm, I'm saying that, like I really want to, but I recently got in to realize that I like to be out there and travel, and meeting new people, go to conferences, talk about cultures, talk about education, social rights, social justice. But yeah. <laughs> I don't really know what job I want inside that area, so. That's why the master's in education and global leadership or like global affairs is perfect for me because it's like it can allow me to get myself educated with what I've been interesting all my life. Uh, I still want to be an associate dean, but if maybe I can get some more experience of new, of like working, you know, and not that I want to work for the UN. Um, the the, the option is still there, but maybe like work for a company that thrives for equality, inclu inclusivity, education, stuff like that. Like UNICEF, I really like UNICEF or Peace Corps. I don't know. There's a lot of companies out there. Absolutely. So I think as we're getting my master's, getting more experience or doing some research through, through Fulbright. Um, but other than that, I do want to get settled back home when I'm like 30 and spend time with family mm -hmm. um but that's why i'm I'm taking advantage of everything right now okay yeah. awesome but i mean just i mean if you if you okay my big dream my big dream in my essay i'm, I'm gonna read a little bit a ver, dale. Uh, este, oh okay let me see if i can find it uh, okay 
Okay, it's still, I'm still working on it, but I can read you the first part. Okay, so this is like just an idea. Um, like it's, it's not really the intro, it's just like a sentence that I wrote about, you know, for the scholarship of, of, the, of the masters in China. So mm -hmm. the more I have traveled and immersed myself in multiculturalism and global competence, the more I am to dive into cultural globalization. I am dedicated to promoting a society in which language, racial, socioeconomic barriers are eliminated, while also expanding multiculturalism between communities, communities through education and so on. Pursuing a master's degree in global affairs, leadership, global, perspe global perspectives, or inclusion in order to acquire the required knowledge and skills is the key to aim to, to create global education opportunities and advance international programs while promoting a cultural understanding and equitable equitable access to education. Becoming part of the Schwarzenegger program will allow me to expand my cultural knowledge, specifically China's pedagogy, and, or, and that's all I have. Because uh -huh. it's just like, it's it's not, it's just an idea. I'm not making it sound like, you know. Right, 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 right. But okay. that's what I'm aiming for, you know, kind of. Because my, my dad told me, my dad and my mom have told me, we we love that you work for a university, right? But we see you doing more things than just mm -hmm. being in the university. And I'm like, cool. Now I have to study more. <laughs> so, uh, and 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 the, maybe they're seeing what what I'm seeing, Amaris, is that you're uh, you have this potential to uh, not just work for a university. I don't think uh, being tied down by a university is your style. It's working with uh, various organizations, institutions. And being able to promote your work and being able to speak to those organizations, um, almost like a consultant, almost like a, a person that's uh, working uh, outside of the system to change it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I can see myself um, doing that because, you know, I've seen it. I, I, I've seen it. Like, I like to talk to people. And not only I'm an educator, but like in my school, my supervisor is also like, you build these you like to plan stuff you like to bring communities together and that i think that's what i've learned um networking is the best skill you can acquire as a professional mm -hmm. in in the world in society mm -hmm. i i don't think in the world i think anywhere in any any in any multiverse you know multi like <laughs> networking is a key getting to know people getting the resources like it's so important absolutely so yeah we'll see how it goes Absolutely. Well, Maris, that's, that's all the questions I have for you for this podcast episode. Anything else you want to let the audience know about the uh, things that you're up to? Um, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty straightforward. Like I'm an English teacher in Japan and I'm doing this. I mean, I guess um, I'm, I'm still trying to get myself educated, I guess, on the part-time, you know, like I'm going to take the CELTA certification soon. A lot of traveling, travel a lot, but other than that, no, just living life, I guess. And, you know, whoever wants to apply to work, to be a teacher in Japan, I would really recommend it. I do have to say that people should totally live in another country and, and just work there for a year. It changes That's amazing you. advice. Yeah. It's, it, it changes you. I, it's. Like you're gonna live for eighty years for your whole life. You graduate from college. You're young. Live life. Meet people from different countries. Like go mm. for it. You know, it, it changes you. I don't feel the same as I was an, a person a year back. Yeah, you've totally. Th there's an evolution to you, and it's and it's noticeable. Right? So yeah, <laughs> it's wonderful. Uh, Amaris, as we always do on this podcast, we have that tradition where we sign off. Do you want to sign off? Do a unique sign off because you've already done the previous two, so this one should be a unique one. <laughs> well, I'm gonna say it again. I guess expose yourself to the unknown. I know I said that in my second episode, but for real, like um growing as a Latina and as a minority, I, I know how hard it gets because family's everything for us. But definitely like if you're curious about something, do it. You know, live life, put yourself out there, leave your family, um, 
go to another country, go get, you know, do whatever you need to do. But I, I would say like getting out of your comfort zone, you know, getting out of the States, getting out of the States. I'm going to be honest, get out of the States and travel through education, travel mm-hmm. through a job. Like mm-hmm. I, I know, I've known people who have stayed in the States and it's like, it's okay to stay in the States, don't get me wrong, but I'm like, there's no right or wrong age to travel the world. Just do it. And then you can do it by having a job and, and having a community way better. Right. But absolutely. Yeah. Get, get out of the States. That's my advice. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> if you if they want if if the person wants you know if right. the person wants I really recommend it. Yeah. So I I guess I will say adios, see you nada, farewell. <laughs> that was our guest Amaris Lopez, Trio Student Support Services alum from California State University, Monterey Bay. Amaris, thank you so much for being on the podcast and for sharing your professional journey. And it's amazing to see after three episodes how far you've grown in your professional career and in in your educational journey. We look forward to more. Remember, if you would like to be on the Let's Talk Trio podcast or know our staff, advocate, participant, or alumni, send us an email at letstalktrio at gmail.com. That email again is L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K-T-R-I-O at gmail.com. A huge thanks to our sponsors, Angelica Villalpando, Dr. Jamie Motley, Dr. Ryan Barone, Dr. Jeff Naputi, Angelica Valdez, Rosario Riley, Felicia Rivera, TrioJobList.com, Nosotros Education Center, Cambridge Educational Services, and Student Access. Thank you all so much for your support of this podcast. You too can be a sponsor of the Let's Talk Trio podcast in one of three ways. Become a monthly patron on Patreon. Our base level starts at a dollar a month. If you own a business and would like to run an ad on our podcast, please get in touch with us at letstalktrio at gmail.com. Become a supporter with a one-time donation to the podcast PayPal account. Our handle for PayPal is at Let's Talk Trio. I'd like to take a moment to thank our honorary members of the Let's Talk Trio podcast, Roderick Chambers, Tony Ho, Scott Kendall, and Susan Cramp. The Let's Talk Trio podcast team is John Russell, audio engineer, music producer and composer, and post-production editor. Amelia Castaneda, script supervisor, marketing manager, social media manager, and producer. Juan Rivas, executive producer and host. 2024 is an election year. I urge all our listeners to make sure you cast your ballot and you exercise your right to vote. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you on the next episode.